first got into music? Actually, uh, well, when I was five years old, Louis Armstrong lived in the same area of New York City, Queens, that I'm from. Sunnyside, it was called. And he was playing on a flatbed truck. So he was the first musician I ever saw, was Louis Armstrong. And um, then uh, later on, I used to go to the Fillmore East all the time and the, and the jazz clubs in New York, go see Rossan, Roland Kirk. Uh, we had the Village Vanguard back then and yeah, it's still going, I know that. Uh, I I uh, went to see um, Art Blakey and Roy Haynes and I got into jazz really at the same time I got into blues. I was very into Coltrane, um, Elvin Jones, uh, Kenny Burrell, Grant Green, people like that. Um, can't play. I can't play jazz, but I I I enjoy it. Um, and uh, when I was in uh, last year of high school, I got tickets to see Johnny Winter at. Fillmore East, and he canceled. And instead they had B.B. King and Albert King. And I didn't know who they were. I had just kind of, a little bit. And I, I thought they were older guys. Like, I'm, oh, these are older guys. You know, I was used to seeing 20-year-olds playing, and well, that changed my life, going to that show. And then soon after, I saw Muddy Waters playing in Boston. And um, he was playing six nights a week. And I went every night. He had Lewis Myers on guitar and Pee Wee Madison and Willie Smith and Calvin Jones and Pine Top. So that changed my life. Can you talk to how, when you, when you witnessed that, you said it changed your life. Can you elaborate on that and how it changed your life? Yeah, well, I, you know, I was going to see rock bands and because I, you know, I was young and, um, and um, I never heard so much soul before and it was a whole new ball game, higher, a higher ball game, a higher music adult music, kind of. And I said, wow, I just heard my voice when I saw that music. Muddy and BB and Lightning and... Were you playing guitar at the time? No. Wow. So was that part of what made you pick up the guitar? Um, I, I never thought I'd become a blues player. Um, I uh, I was into Neil Young, Bob Dylan, folk tunes, Joni Mitchell. I was playing acoustic. All I had was a uh, harmony acoustic guitar, a real cheap $35 guitar. And uh, it just took off from there. I mean, I feel like 
God taught me how to play, you know, because I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not technical, I don't read or write, you know, I don't know how it happened. It's just, it's a spiritual experience. Was it imitation? Was it? No. Um, playing along with records. And at what point did you think, I'm okay, in terms of being a player? I don't know. I don't know if I'm at that point yet. Uh, I, I've learned to be uh, practice self-love. But I watch you play, and what I witnessed yesterday was something I, I don't think I've ever witnessed before. And it was, it was an instrumental thing. It was guitar, but it wasn't just tons of notes and what a lot of people would consider guitar wanking. There was soul, there was melody, and it was just without vocals. I mean, there was some singing, but every song you you did something different. You kept the crowd right into it, and it was thank you. It was an amazing experience for me, and I thank don't you. know why I've never seen that before. Like I, you know, I've been documenting blues for fifteen years. Yesterday was the first time I got to see you to do a full performance outside of the Memphis show. And it was just eye-opening to me that somebody could play like that and not sound like they were going overboard and have the crowd with you from the first note to the very end. And I, do, I don't know how you do it and why nobody else can do it. Can I don't know if it's fair for me to ask you your approach, but can you tell me what is your approach and how you manage to do that? Um. I can try. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, well, I I see a lot of bands that are on one dynamical range. They never bring it down. So that's the first thing I go for is playing quiet. And I mean, these are my trade secrets here. I mean, you know that. I like to bring them in. And the only way you can bring an audience in is by bringing it down. And they start coming and listening and feeling. And if you just at one level all the time, which can be loud or too many notes, uh, you're not going to have that being in concert with the audience in in soul to soul, you know, like heart to heart. Um, so I have to come up play, you know, I try to play something jazzy first, just kind of loosen up the audience and us. And, and then I know it's okay to play blues. Um, and um, I, I want them to like it. I want. I really want that. I'm not. I'm not tired. I'm not. I all I want to do is make them happy. That's my job. My spiritual job too, not just my uh, musical job. But how do you make it? What would be the 
How do you make it so soulful? Um, I think that's a gift I was born with. Blessed. And I'm not trying to play a million notes, too, you know? It's it's like going for dinner, you know? You, you kind of eat slow and take it all in and take your time. That's an old blues saying, take your time. What's the rush? And without having vocals, which I've been doing for 20 years, and everyone said it can't be done, um, then, you, then you can solo till your heart's content. And so can my organ player, piano player, Dave. And the band is so soulful too. They're my family. Um, and Debbie and our, even our, everyone that works for us is, is family. So we're not, I said it on stage last night, they're not my backup band, they're my family. Well, you certainly get the sense that the, the whole band is locked into you. And I, I get also the sense that whatever you played last night is not a set that was No, no sets. So it's on the field, and then the band is right there with you when you start the next song, and, and they know exactly where you're going to go. And I just think if I was a guitar player watching that, I can't, I can't imagine why I wouldn't try to emulate that. And I, I, you know, the only thing that, the closest thing that I've seen would be Enrico Crivellero, who I believe was one of your students. And when I saw him play, I saw him do something similar. But having witnessed you, I understand what he was attempting to do. He's great. He is amazing. Yeah. And such a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. He's learned well from you. He's very talented, gifted, and very sweet, full of love. That's why, I mean, that comes out in music. We alluded a little bit to your family history. Um, does that play into it at all? Can you talk yeah. about that? Well, I, I, you know, um, I grew up being a child of Holocaust survivors, so there was a kind of blues in my my family, um, sadness, um, a deep well of uh, um, hard memories and. It's the blues. But I also find with the contacts that I've had with survivors, it's also this amazing spirit to go on. And and they've lived through probably the most atrocious thing that mankind has to offer. And yet they go on. And then a lot of them lead an amazing life. How does that can you maybe talk to about your parents and how how it might have affected them? Uh, my parents were broken by it. They um, had what I would call broken souls, and it's sad. It just is. Uh, yeah, they went on. You know, they acquired things, and but deep down. Um, it, it never goes away. 
And it doesn't go away for the ch children of survivors either. Can you talk about how it affects you? Um, it gives me the right to play the blues, believe it or not. Mm. If I'm with whoever there is in blues, that I'm playing with them or sitting with them or I feel like, yeah, I belong to this club. You know, I grew up with it. But I'm a happy person. Uh, I've just, you know, I made a choice to be a happy person. And I love playing. I, I don't want to stop. I only stopped because they told me to stop. I play for three hours. I ask Debbie four hours sometimes. So And no vocals, just on and on and on. We go on and on. Tell me about that joy of playing. Tell me where it takes you when you pick up the guitar and and takes you to a different place. Because you can almost see it on stage that you become almost a different person. Right. Can you describe that for me? It's a God thing. It, you're playing for God. God is playing through you. Um, all the old masters are playing through me. Um, even if I'm not emulating their style, um, I'll never be another Muddy Waters or B.B. King or Lightning or Otis Band, but Ray Charles, uh, um, Jimmy Vaughn, Duke Robillard, I mean, um, it's being, I get very high from playing. I like to chase the high, as I used to say in meetings. I, I, I'm still high from last night. Donna, my wife, was in the room last night, and uh, she says, when are you going to turn the light off? I said, I'm still vibrating. I can't go to bed yet. It's like 1.30 in the morning, you know. Can't go to bed. Now, I don't know if if you mind me asking. No, I don't mind. The depression that you went yeah. through. Yeah. Can we talk about that, and and how where music fit in during the darkest period? Uh, I have bipolar disorder, and uh, diabetes, and um. But I choose not to be a victim. And that's important to say. Um. Uh, the depression um, just is just a whole lot of negativity in the brain. And eventually I just totally stopped playing guitar because I lost. They say you lose interest in the things that used to bring you pleasure. Um, and um, luckily my wife stayed with me during that terrible time. Um, I um, tried about 20 different medications, excuse me, 20 different doctors. And you lose your soul almost, almost. You can, if you let it get the best of you. And I was feeling very isolated from the blues world and the world at large. Like, why isn't anybody 
calling or why, why aren't we getting any booking? And, you know, and I was sick. And the band stayed with me during almost 10 years of not taking any bookings. This band stayed with me. So always, they'll always, we're always going to be together, these people and me. Can we talk about the flip side of rediscovering music and coming out of the depression? How was, what was that like? It was like being born again. I found the right medication and one day I said to my wife, I feel better. It was a miracle. That's where the song Miracle comes from, from getting cured from depression. I played it last night. And then when you played, did you, did you have your chops back immediately? How, how does that work? That's a good question. I did. I did. Because it's a God thing. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a gift. I don't practice. I never practice. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> no, because, you know, I, I see, I also do a lot of work with classical music. Okay. I get to work with amazing musicians. Yes. And they practice. I know. They practice like crazy. I know. And I think part of it's muscle memory, and, and therefore they play a different kind of thing than what you do. Right. But they do practice, and I always think that the more you play, the more you practice, the better you get. And, you know, I see what you brought to the stage yesterday, and it was... You can ask that. Debbie. I don't practice. My wife makes her mad. How can you do that? You don't. You don't have any discipline. You know. You don't. It's just there. Um, another project I'm interested in creating or pursuing is the the idea of music as a healer. Right. That's for sure. Can you talk to me about what, how music is a healer to you or how you're affected by music? Wow. I, I feel very deeply. I'm a very sensitive person. Very sensitive. I get hurt easy sometimes. I have to forgive um, a lot. I forgive myself. Um, healing is, uh, I think, being sensitive being compassionate. Um, music, uh, it's created by human beings and it's a whole family of music. The record companies, the beautiful people who help concerts, it's all part of this. It's not just the guitar playing and the music, it's the whole community. And um, healing, it's when you, when you hear that real thing, when it's real, like Buddy Guy, A Man in the Blues, that was the record that really, Magic Sam's records. Otis Rush, my favorite, Otis Rush. It's like a father to me. He had a stroke, you know. I'm going to see him next month. Chicago. It's uh, it kind of washes over you the healing. So when you were getting out of your depression, you picked up the guitar. I presume that was therapeutic. Oh yeah. And then 
Were you immediately ready to go back on the road? And I didn't go on the road. Okay. I'm still not on the road, so to speak. I mean, this is our tour. We we drive to Pennsylvania and we go home. The end of the tour. The, be the beginning of the tour, the middle and the end. That's how I live. Uh, we we do one date, we come home. Even if it's flying, we come home. Because the secret to marriage is being there every day, or as close to. So, um, asking you about how you got sober, like, I don't know how long you were abusing. But... I'll tell you. Um, from 18 to 35. 18 to the end of being 35. I was, I started out smoking pot and cocaine was my drug of choice. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do an interview at 11 o'clock back in what I call my old life as opposed to my new life. Um, I, um, you know, by the grace of God and the 12 steps, I woke up one morning in a hotel in Dearborn, Michigan, freezing, Twenty February 27th. You know how cold it is in February. Um, I woke up and I looked in the mirror, a funkier hotel than this. This is a palace. You know, we used to stay at these hotels with no names, you know. Uh, and um, I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, you are a drug addict. You are. Those commercials you see on TV, you're that. And um, I, I took, told a promoter to take me to a meeting. And I've been going ever since. Wow. I'm sober. Sober is not just, it's sober doesn't just mean that you don't partake anymore. It's a it's a whole new life, a, uh, tools for life, about not getting stressed and being calm, and you wear the world as a loose garment, things like that. And and uh, really, it's helped my playing a lot. But I'm going through a thing in my playing the last few few years of playing less, less notes, more putting it into one note, because that comes from B.B. King, you know. Um, it's funny, I can't play Gibson guitars, you know. He he gets such a sound, they sound thin to me when I play his kind of guitar. But the strats sound very big to me. Do yeah. You, do you want to share that story about? Oh yeah. Um, I think it was in mid nineties. I was married with Donna, and uh, uh, we were on the bill with BB King at the Montreux Jazz Festival. And um, you'd, before all the security, you know. Um, he just would, we were just hanging out before the show, and I said, I just got married, you know? And he went over to my wife, Donna, and 
rolled up a hundred dollar bill in like a butterfly. He, you know, how does he know how to do that? And gave it to Donna, you know, and I said, we can never spend that. This is from B.B. King, you know, and, um, you know, all the kings were very special, you know, they, they didn't let live as long, but Albert King's profound effect on people and Freddie, one of my all time favorites. He died when, what, he was 36, 38. I feel blessed to be alive. I mean, you, you're you in that category as a blues guitar player. Oh, I don't know. You're not that far off. For a lot of musicians, I think you're up For there. a Jewish guitar player, I'm okay. <laughs> a Jew's guitar player. I called it the W.C. Handy, the Jews Awards. And I said, at the and at the end of the night, you have to give your award back. <laughs> but how would you like to be remembered with all that you've done? A nice guy. I hope I, they remember me as a good guy. Someone who was really in it for the for the soul and not the commerce. Not looking for any endorsements, or I'm just happy to be here. Be a, I want to be a contributor to the music. Can you talk about the passion you feel for music today and all that you've gone through? And I presume there was a point where music wasn't part of your passion. But today, when I see you on stage, there's passion there. Like, it's, it is you. Can you talk to me about what that, what that feels like and where that journey's taken? Mm -hmm. um, well... The music was always my passion, but the depression pushes it way down. That's the nature of it. Um, and it's, uh, there's too much stigma attached to mental health issues, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar. Um, a lot of my friends walked away from me when I got sick because they didn't know how, what to say how to deal with it. Um, and um, I'm, the, I'm just, yeah, I was passionate then, but I knew it was depression. Today I'm unbelievably passionate. I mean, I should be tired today because I played and that's another reason I can't play night after night after night after night because I give everything I have and then the next day I need to heal. Before you go on stage and you give everything you, you know you're about to give everything you have, what's in your mind? Like, what are you, are you thinking, okay, I'm just going to go out there and knock him dead? Or is it more of like, like an internal thing where you're just kind of slowly gathering yourself and just slowly moving it to the levels that you know which way to go? Well, I think about what the first song is going to be. And after that, anything goes. I, I don't prepare. I, I tell jokes in the dressing room. I fool around. I'm very happy. Um, and I uh, like to play with my baseball cards. I bring them on the road. And What does that mean? 
baseball cards. Yeah, so what does that mean to play with your baseball? It's fun. Fun, it can't all be guitar. Try that's my other passion, old baseball, old sports. And my favorite athlete is Jim Thorpe. And we're right near Jim Thorpe. Because, uh, oh. you know, he got all his medals taken away from him. No, I didn't know. Yes. And they didn't give him back till maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. But he was gone by then. And he was an American Indian. I presume you're a Bull Sox fan? I'm a Yankees fan. Well, but but How I'm that Oh you're from Queens. I'm a baseball fan. I love the old game. The fifties. My favorite team is the Brooklyn Dodgers. Jackie Robinson. Did you see forty two? I loved it. That's good. I can see that you're a spiritual person and I can also see that you're a very soulful person. What makes you happy? What makes you laugh really loud? Other than music? Uh, Jackie Gleason. Uh, Robin Williams. Jonathan Winters. Those are the comedians that make me laugh. Um, I think I get a little nervous when I'm being interviewed, so I don't laugh. Uh, but I'm very happy. You know, when Debbie and I travel around the country, uh, you can ask her. Um, we don't go to guitar stores. We look for baseball card stores. She has a thing on her computer and she looks and sometimes record stores. But baseball cards, I would stores are the first. Because you have to have the yin and the yang, you know. Can't just be blues, you know, twenty-five hours a day. But but sometimes it, you know, like I'm all ready to go back to the festival, and I'm not like I'm gonna take care of myself today and rest. And I I love to be around the music, and I love to support the other musicians. I see that. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you, sir. I definitely see how you are with other musicians. And I mean, if I was another musician and you came up and told me how great I was, that would be amazing. Thank you. Um, is there a baseball card that that's the holy grail that you're looking for and have been for a long time? I have, I have, I have uh, Jackie Robinson's 53 card. It was only $100, you know, not that. Of course, a hundred dollars. That's like what I used to make a week for in room full of blues. But uh, uh, I have the cards. I, I'm happy with what I have. My cards are kind of beat up, so that they have mojo on them. So, so they're affordable. But I get the feeling that money is not an issue. It's no. not about money at all. It's no. about playing. It's, it's about, about playing. Yeah. I'm the only one in the band that doesn't get paid. Well, that's not very good. No. Well, my wife gets it. You know how it goes. <laughs> I do know how that goes. My... Um, I think our time is almost up, but I just want to say what an incredible you... thrill. Like I... Thank you, sir. Um, 
God bless you. I've had the chance to meet about 300 different musicians over the last 15 years, and I, you are not in my radar. I live in Toronto. I don't think you've been there in the last 14 years, and none of the festivals I've gone to, our paths have crossed, and when I saw you in Memphis, and it was an eye-opening experience, and last night was even more so. so thank, thank you very much. Just to test out too is a huge thrill for me, so. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Bless you. Thank you very much. I hope that wasn't too painful. No, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Give me a hug, brother.